0: Welcome back to Bites and Beverages with CFB. My name is Carrie Donaire and I'll be your host today. We are recording from Studio CFB in Clinton, Iowa. Happy to bring you the second episode of our podcast. Today we'll be talking about if owning a business is a good fit for you. We're going to jump into the material, but first we're going to dig into these barbecue ribs from Benson's on the Mississippi. We have a side dish of smoked gouda mac and cheese, and Benson's was kind enough to send us something to wash it all down with. Mm. I'm joined today in the studio by Steve Clements, Executive Vice President at Citizens First Bank, Dylan Byrne, our newest commercial loan officer, and Evan Trenkamp, VP and senior lender, a familiar face in our rural Clinton and Jackson counties, as he's the head of our agricultural lending. So today we're talking about if owning a business is a good fit for you. And before we get down to business, let's take a bite of these barbecue ribs and smoked Gouda mac and cheese.
1: (laughs) I think my ribs are almost gone, I started before we started recording, but they are uh, incredible and the bone just slides right out of them. I must say, I had to roll my sleeves up, so I didn't want to get
2: all messy, but I figured roll them up, dive right in, just like uh, you may want to do with the business, so hopefully we can get you guys some tidbits on that today also.
3: Yeah, really good, sauce is good, falls right off the bone, and then the mac and cheese is really good too, real creamy.
1: Yeah, not a big mac and cheese guy, but man, it hits the spot.
2: My kids would love it. I do too. I will say that.
1: But I was, you know, surprised by the beverage that came along with it. You know, you can't have ribs without, uh, without beverages. So mine's a Turbo Dog.
0: What's the brewery, Steve? What brewery is yours from? This Abita. Abita. Abita Springs, Louisiana. So it's like getting down to the roots of the barbecue and the ribs. So what's the story of Benson's on the Mississippi? They're in Albany. They have a beautiful river view. I know they do a lot of different daily specials and stuff, but the the rub on the ribs is really pretty phenomenal.
1: Yeah, talking with Bud, you know, I think he got his start down in Louisiana working in the kitchens, um, brought that flavor back up here to the Midwest and had a food truck for a while and just continued to expand and now has a location in Albany, which uh, you're right, has an incredible view of the Mississippi and... Um, they do all sorts of unique dishes that probably you don't see much around, um, you know, the Midwest.
0: We actually, when I ate there, we had um, they do oysters on the half shell too. You can get a chilled oyster, which also goes great with a beer, and then all the barbecue specialties and the mac and cheese. It's pretty good.
1: It's hard to go there and select just one item. That's for sure. And they they do some catering as well, um, which has been you know a nice addition to our area to to um, you know change things up for weddings and events and. Uh, Overall, I I haven't had a bad, bad meal from them at all.
0: So it's probably good. That's actually a good jumping off point, actually, because you mentioned that Benson's had pivoted from a food truck environment. Now they have a brick and mortar location in Albany. Um, So how do you know, like, how do you know when to get started or when the right moment is um, for getting started with a business?
1: I think that the, one of the main things you want to ask yourself is, you know, what's your motivation? What's your motivation behind going on your own? I mean, do you really just hate working for somebody else? Do you really have an idea or a product or a service that you think is, you know, going to set yourself apart um, where you're not just a, you know, a, another small business in the area, but really something that you can make a, a living on? Because there's a significant amount of work that goes into to owning your own uh, your own business and it's not easy and america's you know driven off small businesses and you know small businesses or big businesses start from small obviously Um, but
3: it it doesn't go without uh, a lot of trials and tribulations yeah i think uh, kind of piggybacking off that patience i think it's a another big thing Um, something that's not going to really happen overnight Um, and then self-discipline you know probably working weekends you know like steve and i were joking earlier about you know people think that you can you know, you start your own business, you can take Fridays off and you get the weekends off, but in all reality, you're working Fridays and then you're probably working Saturday and Sunday too. So it takes a lot of self-discipline to really, you know, get that off the ground and, and get, it, get it going.
2: It's really being able to find that purpose of why you want to start that business and keeping that purpose in the front of your mind. I mean, if your purpose or your motivation is food and you believe that that food is... Um, the best foot you can put forward and you can make a living doing it, then um, just remember that that's what you do and focus on the, the best part of your business that can make you successful. Um, It's all about finding those successful facets of your business that um, you can really hone in on and move, move the, um, the lever forward. So,
0: So, what are some other types of motivation that you see obviously okay so if you're gonna cook food or serve beverages you know you're just drawn to that you probably have some experience in hospitality and you kind of go with it you have a you know you identify a niche in your community like food that's not offered you're gonna go for that but what are some other motivations that you see with business owners
1: i think sometimes it depends on their situation where they're coming from I mean, we've seen uh, the situation where, you know, a hairstylist works for somebody else, just doesn't like the way it works, doesn't like, you know, the way <clears throat> their customers are being treated or, or anything, and they think that they could do it better, you know? Um, you know, the same thing with people who do lawn care or plumbing or, or you know, uh, or welders. You know, they a lot of them think that they can take what's already currently out there and improve on it, and that seems to be a lot of the motivation. Uh, there is some people that just you know, can't or aren't willing to, you know, work the nine to five and um, would rather grind out late nights and early mornings and work essentially with their own schedule is. That's some of it. But uh, a lot of the time, it just seems like these people, you know, if you have that entrepreneurial spirit that you want to, you know, make your own path in life, um, you know, business ownership is, is right there for you if you want it.
3: And I think you, you have to look at, you know, is it a hobby or is it something you're truly passionate about? Because, you know, if you're passionate about it, those late nights, like Steve was just talking about, they, they're no big deal because it's it's what you love to do. But if it's just a hobby, you know, you're you know, you're and you're like doing it nine to five and you want to go out with your friends or see your family at night, I think that can be a, a real differentiator there as well.
0: Well, we'll get into some of the business ownership, you know, ideas, what are some of the myths and realities of small business ownership? But before we do that, let's talk a little bit more about the ribs. Um, Ribs, I mean, this is like, for some people, there's a, a creed and a 15-step recipe. So I know people who have smokers. I've seen my own husband use the oven, then the grill, then like five saute pans, and then 15 hours later, we have dinner. So how about you guys? What's What are ribs like at your house?
1: I don't make my own, but um, <laughs> I, I'm certainly the first to, to buy them when they're available from you know places like benson's uh um, <coughs> places like benson's or food trucks or whoever's cooking them um ribs are one of those things that you know it's it's kind of a high cost item and you can't really just put it in the fridge and serve it up again tomorrow i mean you make them and and you sell them and it's uh it's the midwest so you know ribs is a big staple around here now, this is definitely within the realm of what i'm used to we do
2: um, some of my family members do quite a bit of smoking. I mean, it's anything from just a simple rub on them and smoke them for a long period of time to slathering them with b- or a barbecue sauce and picking them off the bone. Me personally, I, I don't mind ribs in a crock pot or in the oven and let them really cook down and fall off the bone and make it really easy to eat. And I've had them also where they you tear it off the bone. So it's I like it both ways. I'm I'm a big fan of meat.
0: Do you ever use brown sugar on them? That's a trick too. I have not. I don't think. I don't think these have sugar. I don't know the secret recipe for Benson's, but
2: we use a uh, like a mustard rub on them, that so rub good. them down with mustard and then put a seasoning on them. So,
0: Dylan, how about you?
3: Yeah, I don't. I'm like Steve. I don't make my own um, either, probably because I'm impatient and I don't want to wait. But uh, yeah, if, if they're available at uh, at a restaurant that we're at, yeah, it's one of the one of my go tos.
0: It can take a long time. Do you ever? I don't know. Maybe I'm a. I know I watch the Food Network, but sometimes some of the old school like barbecue places they actually just use a mop on the on the on the pig they put the pig in the spit and then they use just a cloth mop to do the barbecue sauce that's how much barbecue sauce they use well yeah
1: they they there's a lot of people that make a living off of off of ribs and i um I'm glad they do because they're delicious. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, let's dig back into some of the material for for today's podcast. Is owning a business a good fit for you? So you're listening to Bites and Beverages with CFB. We're talking about all things small business. If you missed our first episode, it's still available on the website. Uh, That's about building credit. Today we're talking about is owning a business a good fit for you? So let's get into some of the myths and realities of small business ownership. So Dylan talked a little bit about ours You know, if you think you're going to get started and have every Friday, Saturday, Sunday off, that may be a myth. Your reality may be that you have long hours getting started. Um, But what are some of the other myths and realities um, for for owning your own business?
1: I I do think the, I think what we seem to find with a lot of our, our customers is if, say they are a really good welder, and They think, I'm going to open a welding shop. You know, they don't understand that you've got to hire people, you've got payroll, you've got accounting functions, you've got HR functions. There's just so much more that goes into it. So the long hours of doing the portion that you like is probably not a big deal. It's the long hours of doing all the other aspects of the business that we try to bring reality you know, to consider them. You know, they, they come in and say, well, should I start an LLC? Well, it's a lot more than that. I mean, do you, are you surrounded with the people that are going to help you be successful? And that's with any business, um, and it's just a big sacrifice. I mean, if you're a young person with no family and it's just you to worry about, then you have very little to consider. But if you have a family, that's you, you're putting a lot of aspects at risk. You know, you don't have guaranteed health insurance or retirement or things that a provider, uh, you know, an employer would provide you. You have to come up with that on your own, and other people are dependent on you. It's a lot more to consider than just. I don't like working for somebody, I hate being told what to do, I wanna be my own boss.
0: Evan, any thoughts on myths or realities of owning a business?
2: One of the biggest myths, I think, with entrepreneurs or small business owners is that they have to go at it themselves. They have to do every aspect of the business themselves. I mean, they have to do the actual trade or the goods that they're actually producing for the consumer, they have to do the sales, they have to do the um, accounting work, they have to, I mean, do everything all-encompassing, which some people try um, and some people succeed at it, Um, but being in a small business isn't going at it on your own or by yourself. You could be a sole owner, but it's about surrounding yourself with the correct people and having those peers and those guide um, advisors to help you get on the right path. I mean, it's making sure you have an accountant that understands where you're at and what you want to accomplish in a commercial banker relationship that... um, can understand those same aspects and making sure you have someone there that if you don't understand the accounting side of it, that they do. So they can help you understand your cash flows and everything that way. There's, there's a lot more that goes into it that maybe you have the idea, but you don't know, you don't want to do all the background work. So just surrounding yourself with those right people, I think can get a lot of, can get a lot of people surprised in that, um, that first year of business for sure. So
0: how do you go about identifying some of those things? Like if you are the talent, let's say I make cakes and I'm really talented at making cakes, but I don't understand how to run a business. How do I go about identifying that it is accounting or marketing or, you know, what other aspects, like even just understanding um, projections saying, well, I made 10 cakes this week, but how do I scale up? Like, how do you start identifying where you have deficiencies?
1: I mean, you really got to have an honest talk with yourself on what your strengths and what your weaknesses are. If you know you're the talent and you know you're the one that makes the cakes and sells them, you got to ask yourself, you know, well, okay, how how much material am I going to have? Where are my costs going to come in and how quickly am I going to get paid? And if you can't figure that out, you need to work with someone who can, right? If you have a business partner and your business partner is the one who handles all the financials, you got to trust that they know what they're doing as well. But The big question is that you got to ask yourself is, you know, am I doing it for the right reasons? And am I positioned to be successful? Because we have a lot of people that come in um, that say, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to CNC these parts for so and so. It's like, okay, so when do you get paid? Well, it takes me 14 days to make them, it takes me a week to ship them. They pay in 30 days. So, well, okay, in 60 days you're going to get paid. How do you control that cash flow? Well, I don't know. Well, those are the people that's when you got to surround yourself with not just your bankers, but your accountants or financial advisors or whoever's going to help you uh, because you can easily go belly up pretty quick and it's not
2: i mean the myth is another myth i would say is just if you hit essentially a home run right out the gate that that's just going to keep happening i think a lot of people get stuck in that rut if they're if they're flying high and they get kind of stuck in their rut and then all of a sudden something bad happens and they don't have another avenue to offset it or they don't have another line to help them out and they they keep themselves in that rut for so long that they just they kill their business for for lack of a better term that they just they just need to focus and understand that there are going to be ebbs and flows there are going to be peaks and valleys that you're going to have to work yourself through and that's where those relationships come from because if there are those peaks and valleys and you you have those relationships there and you can kind of foresee them coming it makes those peaks and valleys a lot easier
0: so what does that mean for my cake shop so i get i think that's true so let's say i've always just knocked it out of the park with the vanilla cake vanilla icing pink sprinkles but now you know i'm knocking it out of the park with the vanilla cake well how do i so how do i learn a new a new trick how do i you know diversify that
1: i think you got to surround yourself with people that you can ask that you can ask honest questions when you don't know if you try to go at it alone, you can easily get caught up and not know how to scale and only do five, ten businesses you know five ten cakes a week um, when all of a sudden someone down the street opens the same business. How do you differentiate yourself? Who do you have in your in your you know circle of influence that 's going to help you um, succeed and give you honest advice to say, "Hey, okay, no one likes pink sprinkles anymore you 've got to change it up you 're the only one doing." you got to do something different. Um, and you, like I said, you got to have honest decisions to discussions with yourself because when you're the only owner of the business, you're the only one, it's easy to argue with yourself and it's easy to convince yourself that paths are the right way. Uh, when there could be a better way and you got to listen to your customers. I mean, they're really your boss in this whole thing. You got to understand what their demands are. You got to talk with them to find out to make sure that you're not only just providing a great product, but you're providing the product that they want.
0: That's great advice. I think, um, having the people in your in your circle who are going to tell you that pink sprinkles are not in style anymore is a great thing. Luckily, smoked Gouda mac and cheese is in style. And that's what we're enjoying from Benson's on the Mississippi today as we talk about if owning a business is a good fit for you. So I'm going to move on to, um, there are some terms. I came across some terms in this class. We're looking at money smart for small business is where these materials come from. So the terms, you know, it's kind of a mumbo jumbo alphabet soup if you're new to this. So if you guys can help us, um, Dylan, Evan, and Steve, if you can help us look at some of these terms like franchising or home-based brick-and-mortar business, online businesses. What are what are some of the terms that we're looking at here as, as we help people figure out if owning a business is right for them?
3: I mean, I can start with the first one, sole proprietorship. I mean, I've dealt with a lot of those um, working through our PPP loans. Um, it's basically, you, you're just in control personally and you oversee every aspect of the business. Um, the downside of that is there's no distinction the distinction between you and the business. So if something happens... Um, on on the business side of things you could be held personally responsible a lot of small businesses are set up this way as uh, sole proprietorships uh, independent contractors stuff like that and they fall they fall in that home base category
1: right I mean they 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 work out of their home they work out of their vehicle Um, they don't have a bricks and mortar location they don't have a storefront Uh, when you get into those businesses then, you're, then you really need to differentiate yourself to say, okay, am I going to set up a corporation or a limited liability company? And to us, from the bank standpoint, it makes a difference on how we loan you money, but that's really advice that you need to get from attorneys and accountants to say, what is going to be best for you? We don't steer anybody one way or the other. They have to determine what business they're in and what category they fit in the most. Um, if you're going to be just strictly online, do you need an LLC? You know, Those are things that... Your legal counsel and your financial advisors will say, "Yeah, absolutely, you've got to protect yourself, and this is how you do it." When it comes to franchises, franchising is—you have probably more of a support network. If say if you're going to do a you know a Jimmy John's or a Subway, um, but you pay for that support, so you get the branding, you get the name recognition, everyone knows who you are, you don't have to advertise or do much. However. You pay royalties for those franchises. You pay to buy into that franchise. So, say they want 50000 up front for you to get started. Well, where's that money gonna come from? If you come to the bank, you gotta have a plan. The plan's probably pretty easy. Yep, I'm gonna open X restaurant, you know, and this is what they're telling me we're gonna do. They have my support, they pay for my cups, they pay for this. In return, I give them 8% of my sales and 50000 up front. So. Franchising has its pros and its cons. Um, you know, the pros are it's you, you get the name brand, you get the name recognition, you get everything that goes with it. Cons are you can't deviate much, right? I mean, if suddenly you're making sandwiches and you're like, oh, I'd really like to do pizzas," they're gonna say, "Well, we're not a pizza place," you know. So you're kind of stuck with their model um, throughout that process. And you know, the the rest of them is partnership, where you know, like Evan meant or, um, Dylan mentioned, on sole proprietor, you're you're the 100% owner, you're the person. You know, you can partnership. Me and Evan can get in the business of, you know, selling wild hogs out in the market. Um, Him and I split the responsibilities at that point. Um, You hope it's 50-50. It could be, you know, Evan's out doing all the work and Steve's doing all the numbers on the inside, and that's fine. But you got to make sure you're getting the right partner that's going to support the business and and be as equally vested as you are.
2: And that's, I mean, to tie back into that support system and the type of business, that's a a good Segue is to make sure that you have those people that are on the same page as you and understand, and you can, like we said before, bounce those ideas off. And I mean, you don't want a partner that's obviously not going to bring another facet to the business. I mean, it's nice to have two people with the same minds or same type of skills, but on one side too, if it if it only takes one of you to do that skill, it's better to have somebody that can do another facet of the business that's not in your wheelhouse. So. If you have a buddy that's an accountant, or you got a buddy that can do this, that or that's better at fixing things, and a buddy that's better at doing the books. I mean, that's could be a better pair. I'm not saying it's a perfect pair, but it could be a better pair because you can both kind of take your own avenues and make the business successful that way. So, kind of equal each other out, give or take.
1: Sometimes it's a divide and conquer strategy too. You know, there's a lot that goes into a small business. It's it's not it's as simple as a lot of people think. <clears throat> Um, I'm going to create this widget and sell it to the market. I mean, it seems easy on paper, but there's a lot that goes on with handling vendors and working with your accountants and your bankers and, you know, uh, being insured and and finding your customers. I mean, you get to do, um, you get to be hands-on on on everything, which entrepreneur type people enjoy. um, But the other aspect is you have to handle, make sure everything's being handled too.
0: I'm wondering what kind of insurance you're going to get for the wild hogs. Because that is going to be an exciting business. So, okay, we have enjoyed the ribs. We're enjoying our beverages and bites here with beverages and bites at CFB. We are going to dig into now a smoked Gouda macaroni and cheese from Benson's on the Mississippi in Albany, Illinois. The Gouda is like ooey gooey melty. It is a perfect soft cheese. And I'm here with Dylan, Evan, and Steve, so I want to hear their impressions of the smoked Gouda mac and cheese.
3: I don't know if I've ever had Gouda before. So, yeah, I mean, I would definitely eat the mac and cheese again if that's the question. <laughs> it's by
1: far the best mac and cheese I've ever had. Oh do wow. It's just really creamy, but it's not like overpowering to where it's just too much. I mean, flavorful.
2: This is definitely better than the mac and cheese I was raised on. I was raised on a dairy farm and yeah. <laughs> We pretty much were happy if we had Velveeta mac and cheese. So this is definitely a step up. and um, Definitely right up there with some of the best mac and cheeses I've ever had. Almost call it a delicacy.
0: Yeah, it is. I would go in the levels of mac and cheese. There's the regular box with the powder and you add the milk and butter. Then if you're special, you get the creamy pouch and you just like put it right in the pot. This is 10 times above those levels. It is homemade. It's super good. It's really tasty. Um, You can taste the smoke on the cheese, so that makes it a delicacy.
1: Yeah, again, I don't know what his secret recipe is for it, but he's doing something special with it because it was quite shocking how delicious it was.
0: So I think Benson's on the Mississippi must have a binder that goes back family recipes and restaurant recipes and a lot of experimenting in the kitchen because the the taste the flavors are all really developed. They're all all there. So today we've enjoyed their ribs and smoked Gouda mac and cheese and a tasty beverage too. Steve, what are what's your drink? Uh,
1: again, it's uh, a Bita Brewery out of Louisiana, uh, Albita Springs, Louisiana. It's Turbo Dog, so it's a brown ale. It's I mean it's. Goes well. he he either was smart enough. Uh, Benson's were smart enough to match it up with the ribs or it's just that good.
0: I have a feeling the ribs and the mac and cheese would go with just about anything, but it is pretty tasty. All right, I'm gonna bring it back to our topic today for beverages and bites with CFB. We're talking about is owning a business a good fit for you? So um, we're gonna to go to Dylan and have Dylan talk a little bit today about what types of resources you might need. Um, as you think about and evaluate your business ideas. Dylan?
3: Yeah, so they call them the, the roots of power. Um, and I think this first one here, it's people. And I think that goes back to kind of looking at yourself and what you're good at um, and then surrounding yourself with the right people, um, good you know, staff, uh, partners. And then it comes down to your customers and then us here, um, your commercial bankers too. Uh, you want to have people you can trust and people you can bounce ideas off of and have a nice crew of people that you can, you know, develop your business with. Um, The second one is sales. Basically being ready to sell all the time and then just having uh, goals you want to attain, uh, whether monthly, quarterly, yearly. And then, you know, if you don't reach those goals, um, reevaluating and then and and setting out to to reach that goal. Third one they have here is financial. So basically as simple as securing financing for the business and then Uh, managing cash flows and your credits Um, and if you're not a strong financial person uh, that goes back to partnerships and having someone there who who's good at that stuff and then the last one is self-discipline managing your time efficiently having good habits and then a positive outlook on your business that goes back to working weekends and making the most out of the time where you're actually in the business and you know doing stuff for it
0: so the all the class material is uh, based on Money Smart for Small Business. So the Small Business Administration and the FDIC have put together this class. So right here on our website, you found the podcast here at gocfb.bank. And we are also providing a link to further class material. So if you want to dig deeper into the class, it's all there. It's called Money Smart for Small Business. So let's talk a little bit about communicating then if you determine um you know one of your areas of of weakness or strengths how do you go about having those conversations like can you just call up an accountant or you know if you you know there's a deficiency somewhere in your business plan how do you get started with some of those tough business conversations
2: i think it's just looking inward first and understanding that you have that issue to begin with and then it really is as simple as just picking up the phone and finding i mean Whether you know other business people, they don't have to be the same business people as what you do business with now. They can be someone that has a completely different business than you, but say, hey, they work with so-and-so accountant at so-and-so firm. And they have really good luck with them. They're very receptive. They're very helpful on all things financial. So they refer you to them. So it's having a network of peers and not so much of peers within your own industry, but just peers in the business world. A lot can help you, especially when it comes to you know commercial bankers and accountants and attorneys, insurance agents, people that understand business facets of, of your business in general. But yeah, it can just be as simple as getting a referral and they don't even have to refer you or introduce you. Just pick up the phone and call them. Most of your accountants are businesses themselves. So you are their customer and you are what makes their business run. So they're, they're wanting to do their best to make things work for you and to make sure that you're taken care of tax-wise. There's a lot of different tax benefits to owning a business and that's what they're there for and that's what you pay them for. So yeah, it's it can be as simple as just picking up the phone. Now I will say you want to make sure that they fit the needs of what you have for sure. Now if you just need a bookkeeper, just someone to input numbers and that's fine. Or if you need someone that kind of wants to give you more guidance, be like, hey, you're going to be short this month on income. You need to go and talk to the banker to get more capital to keep your things going, but you're going to have this money coming in. That may be a different route more towards a CPA. Or if you have somebody internal that can do that for you. But it's it's all about essentially going through that interview process where you're actually interviewed by bankers, by accountants. You're interviewing them just as much to make sure that they understand your business, understand your wants, your needs, your strengths, and your weaknesses.
1: And that goes back to A lot of our customers, new customers come to us because of referrals. Like, they'll come in and say, Hey, this customer said, You know, I had this idea, and and you're the banker I need to come talk to. They come talk to us. We do the same process. What are you good at? I'm really good at sales. Okay. You have this idea, I want to sell this and this and this. Like, okay, how are you going to get to point A to point B? And it's like, Well, I, I don't know how to use QuickBooks or anything. Then at that point, we can say, Well, hey, these three accountants are really good. They really take the time. They're not just going to do your books. They go out. You you put you know um, challenge them to go interview basically those three accountants to figure out which one's a fit for their style. So <clears throat> some of it is just picking up the phone and calling. Some of it is you know getting advice from other small business owners or your banker. It's the same thing. We've had referrals from insurance companies and and I've referred insurance companies out. You know and said hey these are these are ones that focus on. Um, investment properties—they're they're really good investment properties. Go talk to them because they know the ins and outs, and then they can help them as well.
0: I'm sure there's very few business plans that were written from A to Z in one night. So I think as you go about, if you're saying, if you're asking yourself, "Is owning a business the right fit for me?" and you're starting to answer those questions for yourself, you know, you piece it together a little bit by a little bit, and you know, you look for those cross resources like Steve's talking about, whether it's insurance or accounting your banking, your finance, the talent, the marketing, you know, and what type of business it is as we reviewed the terms of, if you're a sole proprietorship, if you're looking at a franchise, it's all questions you have to ask, but it probably won't happen overnight.
1: No, it, it, it will not happen overnight. Um, but there, you know, community banks like ourselves and the accountants in this town and the insurance, like they are our customers, so we are here to help them be successful. You know if anyone comes in with a small business idea, we're not trying to crush it. We're trying to find a way to help you know develop it. But it's going to be a lot of challenging questions. There's going to be a lot of soul searching on the on the you know customers' part um, to be honest with their self, if going into business for themselves is really what they want to do, if they can be honest with themselves, identify where their strengths are in areas that they need to develop, then they can get that process going probably more efficiently than just coming in and saying, well, I'm going to start building houses. I need a truck and some tools. You know, uh, Seems easy like that on the surface, but it's not. I mean, you've got to be open to learning all the time. You've got to take courses. You've got to strengthen your weaknesses, even if you're surrounded by good people. There's great information out there, but it's up to the borrower to you know, be self-disciplined and motivate themselves to go find it and, and just ask for help. You know, there's no uh, business that's probably done it 100% on their own. They've had to ask for help along the way. And your professionals, your your accountants, your bankers, they're the ones that are going to be, you know, your allies that are going to help you develop your relationship into something that's truly going to become something and not just going to be a hobby or something that you lose sleep overnight because you have a mortgage payment coming up and you haven't got the money to come in. I mean, you have to be cognizant that, you know, your life's riding on it and, um, you know, potentially your family's life riding on it. So it's not it's not that it's not, um, you know, if it was easy, everyone would do it type of thing. But we have a lot of um, small businesses that have, we've got to see start. We've had a lot of small businesses that have purchased businesses that they're first time owners. They're treated very much the same way, even if it's an established business. The, they have to come into a business that's been operational, but they still have to figure out all those same aspects as well. And th- that's what I've spent my whole career doing and I enjoy doing is helping them grow and develop and see new ways of doing things. And I love checking in on them, you know, and I don't mind when they're struggling to call and say, hey, something's not right. Because I'd rather that phone call come in, then all of a sudden they show up past doing a loan payment or delinquent in their account. You know, I'd rather have that open communication up front
0: and the best outcome obviously is when the calls come that business A is successful and they have an idea for a spin-off and then you know it grows from there so as you mentioned the development of the plan you know there are a lot of successful local businesses you know that we work with that have had those success stories and and continue to grow <music> What other points do you guys have? Um, You know, just as you work with business customers day to day, is owning a business right for you? I mean, some people will do these exercises and come out at the end and say, no, you know what? It's not a right fit right now. Or maybe it's not the right idea. Um, But any closing remarks you might have? And then I have a closing question about the food, of course.
2: I think my closing remarks would just be is if a business venture is what really interests you is take the time to research, develop what your idea is and hone in on it. You could be successful right off the bat and go, but I mean, a lot of successful businesses are, it takes time. It takes commitment. It, it takes a while to get to that point of being a successful business. A lot of businesses are not just booming overnight. So it goes back to that, be patient and be disciplined and trust, trust your advisors. Trust the people that are there in your corner that are wanting you to succeed. Their ideas may not always Align with yours completely, but their ideas are there to help you see the bigger picture. Not not be so closed closed vision, so you can you can see the bigger picture. Maybe they have an idea that you have never thought about that can help you grow your business and change course. And like just to piggyback off what Steve says is, don't be afraid to make some mistakes. It's just don't continue to make the same mistakes. Learn from your mistakes and bring them out. Don't don't hide them. Make, them. make them known to the people that are within your your circle that can help you fix those mistakes and move you forward. You don't want to sit and hold them, have those mistakes hold you back, but they are learning and they're a
1: bedrock to keep yourself moving forward. And certainly don't get discouraged when you're told no. I mean, I, I've had customers that wanted to come in and, and have all the nicest equipment and all the nicest branding and everything. And it's, you know, you got to, tone them down a little bit to say, let's, let's make this a slow burn. And, uh, you know, if you're told no, um, or, you know, let's wait or let's slow it down. It, it's, it's not because we don't want to do the deal. Like we're a bank, we do loans, but sometimes it, it's the best interest for the borrower uh, to put you in a position to be successful. Some of the flashiest brands that you'll see customers that you'll see, you know, start paying attention to what's out there. They're not always the most successful. Um, some of the ones that, you know, have a storefront and a white pickup truck you know could be a much more successful business than you'd ever imagine if you saw the inside of it so don't get all caught up in the glitz and glam just look at what's working look at you know places that have parking lots full of cars every weekend and start focusing on you know what are they doing that's so obvious you know that it makes sense that and then what are they not doing right if they're not they don't have big electric billboards outside that are wasting a bunch of energy and cost a bunch of money maybe just keeping
3: it simple is a lot easier when you get started in a business. Yeah, these two are so good at their jobs. They took the words right out of my mouth. I was basically just gonna say, be patient. Yeah, it doesn't happen overnight, um, and you know, don't be afraid to make mistakes. You know, and then just and learn from them. It's uh, we all do it in our daily lives, so it's no different in that field.
0: All right, so we have had an awesome session today. This has been a really fun episode. I do want to add, if you're listening in today, thank you for being here with us. You can click around on the website for some more podcasts we have out there on gocfb.bank and let us know if you have ideas for topics or future episodes. Definitely let us know if you have a local beverage or bite that you think we should try. Um, We're going to dig into some more um, small business information, some episodes about succession planning, some of those communication skills, business plans. You know, if you have an idea, definitely contact us you can use the contact us form on the website or call 563-243-6000 and we'd love to include your ideas. So my concluding question is, if you had to live your life with only the smoked gouda mac and cheese or the ribs, you only get to choose one. Which one are you going to go the rest of your life with?
2: So this is Evan. My personal would be the, the ribs. I'm definitely more of a meat
1: man than I am a, a carb guy. Yeah, much more of a car- uh, carnivore person for me. Um, I I'm going with the ribs. Well, I'm not going to let the mac and cheese get
0: shut
3: out, (laughs) so I'll take the mac and cheese.
0: All right, Dylan, you're on your own because I'm going with the ribs. All right. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time on Beverages and Bites with CFB.